up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. So Phil, you went to the beach today. Yeah, and I almost didn't make this recording. It was a it was a tight one. We we like to do beach trips at night because it's not hot, it's not busy, and honestly the sunsets are absolutely epic. But I'm also the type of guy who like will go to the beach in the middle of the day and then forget the sunscreen because I'm a real winner of a dad. And so, yeah, I was uh, able to convince my lovely wife that maybe we should start going to the beach at night. And we've never looked back. Okay, so when you say at night, is the sun already down by the time that you arrive? No, so we'll pick up dinner typically on the way and eat it at the beach. Okay. And then we'll hang out as the sun is setting. There's a few beaches here, but the station that we like to park at and then walk over has this really cool sandbar at low tide, and it's epic. So you can, like, walk out to it. We got there, I think I think high tide was, like, 1 in the morning tonight. So by the time we were leaving, it was, like, starting to come in pretty strong. And it was a little dangerous to get out to the sandbar because I could already start to feel some current. So, which is kind of funny because my 7-year-old Bridget was like, "What's her, what are currents? And then I was like, they're like little raisins. And then that just, like, that opened was, up a lot of other questions. <laughs> it was great. It was fun. I like to mess with my kids. I'm pretty sure that is the whole purpose in life, Phil. Exactly. For us. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't really imagine living anywhere that's not next to the beach. Like, I don't want to sound like that guy. But Chris, if I'm going to be honest, I feel like, I mean, I love Colorado. Obviously, I'm from there. It's like the mountains are awesome. I love the mountains. But you see the sunset at the beach and you kind of start to believe that like everywhere else in the country is just like the armpit. You should not say that too loud because my wife listens to this show and she very much misses water. Well, come out east then, Chris. Maybe one of these days, Phil. Maybe one of these days. We're ready for you. Actually, Molly, it was a little bit of inspiration for our topic today. And I, I did get her permission to, to mention this story. I think this was last week. I, I came home from work and she had been working too. And she brought up a little uh, grocery trip that she took for the bakery. Okay. Obviously, like she works at a little bakery and they... She, and and I, might, I might say, she is one of the best bakers in like all of Colorado Springs. She is sought after. Yeah, uh, that bar is not very high, Phil, if that's the bar that you're uh, setting. I mean, the first time I ever had currants <laughs> was in a little scone that she had baked and it was really good. Yeah, she's she's... She's got some skills. But the baker that she works at, it's not just like bread and pastries. They also do some savory stuff. They they just brought back quiches. And they do pizza like once a week. Oh, cool. And it's the type of thing that they, they were only doing it in the summer for a while. And they had lines that were two hours long to, to order a pizza. It was just kind of ridiculous. Wow. But she was making a grocery run. And I want to say it was for some pizza toppings cauliflower she was she was actually going for heads of cauliflower was she making and a cauliflower crust i don't i don't think so i think it was okay. a topic and you know she's she's at the store she's thinking that most of the time that they buy organic ingredients so she snagged four heads of cauliflower and the total came out to i think 46 dollars for four heads of cauliflower and oh, she's man. like that seems nuts, but she's like, eh, I think it's probably fine because like most of the time we, we get organic stuff and 
Yeah, I think there was a little bit of a shock when she got back with that receipt. But mm-hmm. um, the organic cauliflower was, I want to say she said $4.49 a pound. So one of her heads of cauliflower was 16 bucks. Okay. Jeez, that's Where crazy. Non-organic cauliflower is only $1.49 a pound. <laughs> so it's $3 more a pound for the organic. And honestly, like we just kind of got an interesting conversation on like really whether or not organic is worth it. Yeah, I've wondered and this a lot. It's not necessarily as cut and dried as I think a lot of people think or make it out to be. I remember at Christmas time one year, I was driving around and I saw a Christmas tree farm and they were pitching, we sell organic Christmas trees. And I just remember thinking like, oh, okay. I mean, come on, like we're going just a little bit too far with the organic. It's a tree. Yeah, I mean... I I don't Molly might know she's actually worked on a Christmas tree farm but do they do they spray Christmas trees with pesticides I could see that happening out here on the east coast because like there's just so many bugs and then especially here in the Carolinas like the like Christmas time is still kind of relatively warm. And so I, I guess I could see that being an issue. And we, and you know, if you can believe it, we have pine trees here, even, even by the beach. And so, yeah, I guess I could see why they would need to, but I'm pretty sure I saw this sign out in Colorado and I don't think you need to do that there. No, I, I think, I think the solution there is to not eat your Christmas tree. Yeah. Pretty, pretty easy, I would say. So I don't know. I, I think, I think organic and GMO are both kind of some buzzwords that we hear a lot of lately. Yeah, they're totally buzzwords. And so, I don't know, Phil, I, I wanted you to tell me all about those because I, I was just kind of curious and wanted to, you know, learn something about GMOs and uh, <laughs> organic labeling. Jeez, Chris, I thought this is your turn. It was your episode. I can try my best. I can stumble through it. I can stumble with my uh, way to freedom. Yeah. So pick one. Uh, what do you want to start with, Phil? You mentioned organics, and I feel I almost feel like you you can't you can't talk about one over the other. Like you can't only mention organics without bringing in GMOs because they're kind of like the they symbiotic hand relationship hand. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's almost like you you wouldn't have the discussion of organics without GMOs. And all right, this is like try to track with me. This is like my. 10:30 p.m. brain after the beach trying to work this out but I like both. I I like organics to a degree but I also like GMOs and I, I okay. think I might be duped into this idea that GMOs like aren't actually all that bad for you necessarily and that they are safe but I'm really curious to know what maybe some of those drawbacks are but again like we can't I don't think we can get into that unless we're first talking about organics and what that means. Yeah I mean when we talk about organic food really we're talking about most of the time organic certified food not necessarily all food that is grown in an organic way. We're mostly talking about the U.S. organic rules to have that like USDA certified organic label on it. A lot of what they're talking about is the things that are put on the food. So fertilizers, pesticides, you're not really using anything that's synthetic in that. So you're not using man-made chemical compounds. But that organic label also does go beyond that. You have the avoidance of synthetics. You do also 
kind of like you said, have an element of inherently being non-GMO. So genetically modified plants cannot be labeled as USDA organic. It also dives into like the farmland and how it's kept and like how long it's been free from chemicals. The actual separation of your organic products from your like non-organic products. And then there's a whole entire kind of auditing and certification process that goes into all of it. So it's it's a, it's a very in-depth thing to actually get labeled as certified organic. And maybe it's a little too in-depth because I think if I'm if I'm going to look at things black and white, like either this or that, I tend to view organic as something that just doesn't use pesticides. And it's as simple as that. But then that gets a little bit convoluted because you can have a GMO that doesn't use pesticides and then but because it's a GMO, it's not organic. Yeah, that, that does come into play. Um, and maybe that's why I said I like them both. So you actually can have an organic product that uses pesticides. It can't use a th- synthetic pesticide. Okay, so like neem oil, for example, can be like a naturally occurring pesticide. Sure. But you might use that to get rid of your aphids and then still be able to call it organic. Maybe is is that right? Does that sound potentially? Okay? Yes, potentially. <laughs> as far as I honestly, I'm not like an expert in the organic certification rules and all of that. That's not my field, Phil. Especially when we dive into GMOs, like it does kind of come up that there are some pesticides that are okay for organic use. But I mean, I, th- I think in general, like the idea of you know not ingesting pesticides is is a good one. Yeah, that's like to, a generally smart way to live your life. Yeah. Again, it's not always as strictly black and white as sometimes it's made out to be, I think, though. Sure. And in, in this case, I think there's a couple of things that come into play. One is the fact that this certification process is so incredibly rigorous. I mean, that that's sure. That's, a, that's not a bad thing, but it's also totally geared towards, you know, these super large agricultural outfits. So your small local farms, oftentimes for them, it's way too cost prohibitive to actually undergo the whole entire process of organic certification. Interesting. So they could actually be using organic practices, but then just like the the red tape of gaining that certification is just too high for them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So they they can be growing their food to the letter of the organic certification process and possibly even better with like greener practices, just not going through all of the auditing and fees and all of that to actually obtain that label. You know, just because margins aren't like super crazy huge for, for farms and the certification process is fairly expensive. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Did you, by chance, watch Seaspiracy on Netflix? No, we haven't gotten around to that one yet. I mean, it's pretty good. It'll mess you up, but just like every food documentary does, it's it's really kind of fascinating because like in a similar right, they go through certification for like dolphin-free tuna. And like you, you, you think on the surface, like, okay, this is probably relatively similar to the certification process for organics, like really long, rigorous process, a lot of checks and balances, a lot of bureaucracy. As it turns out, you like just put your name on a list. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. we are dolphin free. And like, it just like means absolutely nothing. Like if your can of tuna says dolphin free there's probably a pretty high likelihood that it's mostly dolphin. So it's just like so messed up. But I don't know. I I like to like ruin myself by watching food documentaries. And that was one of them. I think there are plenty out there that do a great job of 
of that, whether or not like they're super, super factually based or not. I think it's always, it's always a good thing when you can, I guess, question your presuppositions. That's never, that's never bad. One thing about the whole organic deal is that it is substantially more expensive to buy organic. Yeah. I mean, that's like the biggest drawback. Like if you're going to look at it one-to-one, you say, why wouldn't I buy organic? Well, it's because it's like four times the cost per pound for this cauliflower. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I like I had a cauliflower that would normally cost like under three bucks is over 16 because it's organic. Kind of absurd. That's just downright ridiculous. And, And with some things... Like it doesn't actually make as big of a difference. So I don't know if you've heard of these dirty dozen lists that come out or clean 15 lists. Yeah, I, I glanced at these and some of them kind of make sense. Like, I mean, to me, it, it almost feels like and, and I guess we can run through them if you want. But fruits and vegetables that are going to be eaten directly without, I don't know, like the rind or the peel removed, it kind of makes sense that those would be on that dirty dozen list, right? Like a strawberry or like some leafy greens like spinach or kale or collard or, you know, tomatoes. Like those you're just eating whole and like whatever pesticides might be sprayed on those plants to repel the bugs, those you're directly ingesting. And so the lists are often like derived from testing as to like how much pesticides are actually detectable on on the food. And yeah, it's entirely that. So kind of like you said, strawberries, uh, spinach, kale, nectarines, apples, grapes, cherries, peaches, pears, uh, certain like peppers, tomatoes, celery, things like that. Those are kind of on uh, that dirty dozen list, at least for 2021. And then very much like you said, things that have thicker skin or some type of rind are on the the cleaner list. So you're less likely to encounter pesticides in these non-organic foods, such as like avocados, even like like sweet corn is is on this. And I guess they do have a husk. So that kind of protects it. Pineapples, onions, papayas, sweet peas that are frozen, eggplants, asparagus, broccoli, cabbages, kiwis, cauliflower, mushrooms, honeydew, cantaloupe. So some of those can be a little bit surprising, but some of them could make a little bit more sense once we talk about GMOs. And I think when it comes down to those lists, you know, if you're kind of playing in this gray space and you want to do some organic and can afford maybe some organic, that dirty dozen list, you're just going to like maybe pop right in your mouth as soon as you bring them home from the grocery store. I don't know if you do that, Phil. There's a thing down here called the cotton candy grape. And I don't know how they do it. I don't know what kind of magic they're working behind the scenes. If it's like a man with the wheel behind the curtain, but it's a grape that tastes exactly like cotton candy. And I have to admit, when I first discovered this, I bought a pack of the grapes from the grocery store and I ate the entire carton on the way home. I didn't wash any of it. I would probably do the same thing. Dude, they're so, so freaking good. And they show up from time to time here in the store. And I tell everyone about yeah. them. I'm like, do you, have you had the cotton candy grapes from Publix? And, and, and of course, people are like, oh, my gosh, yes, they're amazing. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with those. But if you grace yourself or if you find yourself with some cotton candy grapes at the grocery store, go ahead and bring them home. And good luck getting them home because, yeah. You're just going to eat them all and you're not going to wash them. Yeah. So, I mean, things like that, maybe it's maybe if you can swing it, it might be not a bad idea to go with organic varieties of those. And then the things that have like thicker skins or rinds, things you're going to peel off, you can 
maybe save a little bit of money there. And kind of the general consensus is that the benefits of proper nutrition outweigh the the tiny bits of pesticides that you might be getting from non-organic food. One of the lines that I heard was, especially in thinking of your family and your kids, like if three servings of vegetables a day is kind of the recommended amount, then if you can only afford one serving of organic, it's probably a better idea to buy non-organic so that you can actually kind of hit that nutritional requirement of three servings a day. That is really fascinating. Yeah, the health benefits of actually like getting enough vegetables outweigh the tiny bit of pesticides that maybe might come into your system. I had not considered that. So if you're faced with a situation where you can choose not to eat the fruit or vegetable or even worse, you know, a circumstance where you can't afford to feed your family that fruit or vegetable, better to ingest what you can get your hands on than not doing it at all. Yeah. The option to buy purely organic food, I think, is like super, super privileged, if we're being honest. Yeah, sure. And there, there are a lot of places, like, I don't know, food food deserts like definitely exist in, in the U.S. for sure. I mean, that's that's kind of the part of the world that we're obviously the most familiar with. Having access to fresh produce, whether that's organic or not, can be like a, a massive luxury. I think taking advantage of that when we can, that fresh produce is going to be way better than McDonald's for our kids. So, and I think there are kind of in that like non-binary where like things aren't black and white type world, there, there are a lot of other options, whether that's, as we've talked about, some type of backyard garden, like a patio garden, or Finding local producers, whether that's like an, an urban farm near you or like your local farmer's market, there really are so many hoops to jump through to get that certified organic label. And a lot of your local farmers are probably going to be using practices that are more green and more healthy than are required, but they just can't afford that certification. I think there's some that... Are, are worth it. I mean, it's again, like it's not a black and white world. It's not this binary world. The cauliflower, I would never buy the organic if it was that price. But there are some other things that I will absolutely only buy organic. And like like the berries, for example, because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about all the pesticides get, the, that get sprayed on there, but it's also only like a dollar more per carton, $3.99 a carton or versus $4.99 a carton. To me, that's totally worth it. So yeah, I just think there's some variables at play that you have to kind of make your own educated decisions on and, and go from there. Yeah. I, I think the bottom line is if you can feed your family fruits and vegetables, you should. Yeah. And I mean, like show ourselves grace. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for giving me grace to feed my family, to not shame me for eating my cotton candy grapes on the way home from the store. Yeah. I mean, I think it's easy to get caught up on all of that. And yeah, I think I think there's definitely like can be an element of, I don't know the best way to phrase it, maybe like luxury to organic food. There's like a, a little bit of a self-esteem boost, like we only buy organic. Oh yeah. But honestly, That's yeah, the worst. Yeah. And like, honestly, Chris, you know, it's better than all of that. Like what's better than buying, you know, the right foods. And I'm doing air quotes. Or anyone that can actually see me, you like you know, it's better than like buying this or that. It's 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 loving your kids, you know, like hug your kids 
and tell them you love them and then like tell them you love them again and then let's just like keep showing affection to your children like that's that's what's going to change the world and um, they, they don't need food they just need love sure we'll go with that <laughs> they're not getting cotton candy grapes that's for sure because daddy gets them all yeah I, I think i think that's a great takeaway phil and we can also love our kids by making them food that's healthy and tastes good oh yeah like dad's kitchen yeah which i mean is a thing that we do 